0: Section 41 of The One-Eyed Griffin and Other Tales by Herbert Escott Inman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Humpty Dello, Chapter 6. The Rescue of Daffodil. It needed all of Dickie's powers of walking to keep up with the old fat frog, so quickly did she hop along in her eagerness to lead him to the wicked dwarf and it was not long before they arrived at the margin of the lake and then his guide gave three loud croaks and plunged into the water saying follow follow never fear naught is there to harm you here well i am not so sure of that he thought i am not a frog or a fish but if sweet daffodil is down there i am going after her drawing his sword He jumped into the lake, and sank to the bottom. But to his surprise, the water did not wet him, and he found he could breathe as easily as in the air. That is because it was an enchanted lake, but I should not advise you to try it in ordinary water, or you may get rather damp. Looking round, Dickie saw the magic castle right before him, and chained to the door a golden bugle horn with this inscription upon it. He who passed these doors would go, three loud blasts on me must blow that's easily done he laughed and drawing a long breath he seized the horn and sounded a loud call when he heard the dwarf cry from within magic castle fly away to cornwall and immediately the castle rose to the surface of the lake and vanished but dicky was not to be got rid of so easily magic shoes take me after the castle he cried and in an instant he was flying through the air, to be set down beside the grim stronghold of Humpty Delo. "'I rather think the dwarf will be surprised to find I can travel as swiftly as he can,' he said, as he again seized the horn and blew a second blast. A loud report, like thunder, shook the place, so that the walls rocked and quivered, but still the doors remained fast, and as the noise died away, a huge red-and-black dragon flew with a hideous bellowing, from the roof of the building, and came open-mouthed at our bold Dicky. Undismayed at the sudden appearance of this enemy, our hero, holding his shield well before him, and keeping, by the aid of his magic shoes, beyond the reach of those snapping jaws, attacked the monster. Crack, crack, slash, came the sword, first on one side, then on the other, with such good will. That the long snake-like neck was soon cut through and through, a howl of rage from above made him look up, and Dicky beheld the ugly face of Humpty dello glaring at him from the battlements. Magic Castle, fly away to the forest! Screamed the dwarf, and off it flew. Magic shoes, fly after the castle! Shouted Dicky, and after it he sped. Ha It's no use trying that game, Humpty Dello he laughed and seizing the bugle once again he sounded it then the earth shook and great flashes of lightning darted from the clouds the massive doors flew open with a terrible crash and into the dismal place rushed dicky darling followed by the frog who somehow appeared just at this moment and this is what he saw chained to the wall and half dead with fright the poor princess her long golden hair streaming down almost to the ground and her blue eyes filled with tears the daffodil had never in all her life flown through the air in this way before and the experience had taken all her courage away in the middle of the room with eyes flashing hair and moustache bristling with fury and a face the colour of sour gooseberries stood humpty Della, holding his long sword and up to him rushed dicky you miserable ugly little wretch he shouted how dare you treat a princess in this way i'll teach you better manners you monkey stand back screamed Dello, stamping with rage stand back the princess is mine by the power of the three gifts she gave me i did not give them to you sobbed daffodil i gave them to him who loves me best there ugly do you hear that daffodil gave them to him who loved her best and as I love her best, they belong to me, so just you give them up. Never, cried the dwarf, making a furious lunge. Die, you meddler. Sorry, I cannot oblige you, retorted Dicky, catching the point upon his shield. Come, give up the gifts, or I must take them. I know where they are. For answer, Humpty Delo uttered a fierce shout, and rushed at his opponent. While at the call to aid him, came a huge spider as big as a cartwheel stepping back and avoiding the dwarfs attack dicky hurled his shield at the spider with such good will that the hideous thing was fairly crushed by the blow and lay a mass of quivering hairy legs beneath it swiftly turning he then seized tumpty delo by the neck and forced him to the ground there amongst the long black hair shone one golden thread Swish! came the sword, cutting it away, and a great lump of skin at the same time, and while the wizard rolled over and over, making the place ring with his screams, Dickie safely stowed away the first charm. One! said a voice, and lo, the old fat frog had a human head, the head of Daffodil's nurse, while one of the chains that bound the princess snapped in two. Get up! Cried Dickie, giving the dwarf such a kick that he bounded to his feet instantly. Now for the pearly tear. Clash, clang, clang, crash rang the swords as the two fought up and down. Clang, crash, clash, clang. Oh, such an oh! I don't think there are capitals large enough to print it. And no wonder, for Dickie's sword hit the dwarf right in the left eye, and out tumbled the pearly tear onto the ground. too," said the frog, as Dickie picked it up, and she was a woman down to her waist, looking so comical, on her frog's legs, that the lad could not help laughing, and even Daffodil smiled at the sight, as the second chain broke in two. What are you laughing at, stupid? cried the old lady, hopping about like a pea on a drumhead. What are you laughing at? Be quick and get the other gift and let's get out of this horrid place. The advice was very good, so Dickie, obeying it, turned to the dwarf once more. Whatever he was, Humdidella was certainly brave, for though he had lost one eye and a great piece of his head, he fought as fiercely as ever, never once asking for mercy. Though his magic skill told him that he had met his match this time, once again the swords rang against each other as they slashed and thrust, till at last Dickie gave one extra swift lunge and pierced Humpty Dello through the heart. Down the dwarf tumbled, and from the wound rolled the drop of crimson blood. The nurse, completely restored, shouted, Three! And the princess, freed from her last chain, ran up to her deliverer, and gave him one, two, three kisses, one for each charm, saying, Brave knight, the three gifts are yours if you will have them. Alas, I am not a knight, said Dickie sadly, "Then you soon shall be, cried a hearty voice, and in came, oh, such a lot of people, Merlin and Puck, Titania, King Arthur, the king of the land of flowers, and all the knights of the round table. Then the dreary castle changed into the beautiful palace again, and everybody shook hands with everybody else. Indeed, I think King Arthur and Merlin both kissed Daffodil, though it is not recorded in your history book. Brave Dicky was made a knight, and Daffodil fastened on the golden spurs that Merlin seemed to have ready in his pocket. The fairy queen apparently had a wedding party prepared in case of need, for bridesmaids and bride cakes came trooping in, and cherry wine began to flow in the fountain. The wedding was performed with great pomp. And when it was over, somebody discovered that Humptydella was not dead. His magic had got over the little injuries he had received, and the dwarf was sitting up, crying so much that the tears made a little pond all around him. Here was a difficulty. Everybody felt too good tempered to kill him. What was to be done, nobody knew, but Ironbeak the raven settled the matter. Croak, croak, he cried. Marry him? to the old nurse and he will never be able to do any more mischief i'll look after him said the nurse and she did and i don't think poor Humpty Della ever forgot that he had changed her into a frog indeed he was once heard to say that he wished he had been the frog instead but perhaps that was because he loved her so much and was sorry for the past Sir Dickie and his bride lived many years in great happiness, and at last, after seeing their children amongst the bravest lords and fairest ladies in the land, they retired to spend the rest of their days in the beautiful land of flowers. And that's the end of my story. End of section 41